Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's amazing how much TV, movies, uh, really shape our culture as a society. I definitely agree. So, but we cannot, and also, I like, want to add theater as well. Like, look what Rent did. Look what the Lion King effect has done, and not to mention Wicked and Hamilton. You're just funny. It's, it's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, Jake. Who are you? So, Jake, where are we recording, by the way? I'll just get right into it. I'll leave all your descriptions, your links, all that jazz uh, in the episode notes. But tell me a little about yourself and uh, give the listeners a, a quick little rundown of Jacob. All righty. Hello, everybody. My name is Jacob Eliashar, and I am the chief content producer and writer of jakestick.com, a pop culture entertainment news website. I've been doing this since 2011. So, August 2011. So, the full the origin story was it all started when I was a kid mm. watching during sick days we Tony and we and it was the time of Rosie O'Donnell's talk show Regis Philbin was on the air Oprah was on the air Donahue was retiring sure. so some pretty incredible names in talk shows I'm like man I want to be a part of that staff <laughs> I mean I would say even now there's a little bit more you know flexibility when it comes to like quote unquote, like talk shows, celebrities, things like that, because there's really no template. But like the old template, you thought it was like it, right? Johnny Carson, you know, David Letterman, it was perfect. But now with podcasts, the way that medium has grown over the you know course of 15 years, um, it's just so cool to be a part of it and, and in that space because uh, it is changing constantly. And I think people want more like authentic, real conversations, whether it's pop culture like yourself or you know, just people giving their opinion, people like listening to it. And um, it's a lot better than a talk show, right? Because a talk show obviously is scripted. We know that by now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if you don't, newsflash, it is. They go in with, <laughs> they go in with planned questions and, you know, they uh, if, if there's a comedian and he wants to try to joke, they let him know ahead of time and they set him up punchline. And that's just not, people don't, people don't want that anymore, especially in the days of TikTok. You know, people want more authentic stuff. Absolutely, Tony. I have to agree with you. And the thing is that sets my podcast apart is basically I go into their origin story and if there are and the challenges they face in the industry and how mm-hmm. they overcome those obstacles. Plus, if plus they're like famous for being on a reality show uh, or like previous projects like in theater, I always bring that up first and then we talk our current projects and then what are their dreams? Do they have a dream collaborator if they're musicians? If mm-hmm. they are, if they want to go on reality television, what show do they think fits the, fits it the most? And that's and also plug in their social media. Of course, yeah. And how long you've been doing it since twenty eleven? You said. Oh, the podcast is in its fifth anniversary year, it's celebrating its five years. And wow. thank you. And I never thought that I would just use a simple mic and a plug into my computer and be able to do this for over five years. There have been so many milestone moments. Every time I had, I never thought I would have people from America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, Canada's Got Talent, American Idol, uh, The Voice, Survivor, The Challenge, Big Brother, all those competitive shows, reality TV shows come on my podcast. And 2023 was an incredible year for me. I had... Not one, but three Emmy-winning journalists 
Wow. That's Thank wild. <laughs> That's yeah, and it's, That's crazy. Thank you. And it's Tony winning producer. That's insane. How, how did you get these guests? Was it just something you reached out to them or they reached out to you? How'd that work? I reached out to them, mm. especially those, uh, especially the Emmy winning guests. One of them is one of my mentors from my college years. Oh, is that right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've known, and this is Andrew Hio. She is dead, worked formerly with Denver 7. She spent nearly 40 years telling Colorado stories. Jeez. That's crazy. Before she recently retired. And um, I had, I I emailed her. I also talked to Alex Michelson, which is huge. He's one of California's rising inter, uh, anchors and reporters. He also show The Issue Is, which mm. basically covers all of California politics and also national as well. He talked with President Biden, Vice President Harris, 45, and three California governors including Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jerry Brown, and current Governor Gavin Newsom. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so I am so grateful that he trusted me to tell their, to, to share his story. And also I got to give a shout out to my friend, Michael Mackey, who won eight Emmys over the years covering stuff in Kansas City. And he's had so many incredible interviews that he did. He worked with Winona. He talked with Derek Huff. Jennifer mm. Lopez. In fact, he actually used his video of Jennifer Lopez way back in the early 2000s when she was in Los Angeles and had owned one of the Hollywood, one of Hollywood's biggest hot stuff. And in fact, shared that video to her staff and he was able to get a table for six on Saturday night. Whoa. That's a little crazy. Yeah, it is. That was, these stories are, are incredible. And I got to say, I want to give a shout out to my friend Jason, who introduced me to his friend Evan, who won the Tony, because he actually, Evan actually, and his production crew, despite being in the early 2000s, he's been involved in a lot of incredible productions, including Kimberly Akibo, the Broadway recording of Funny Girl, the Leah Michelle version, and not to mention, he won this Tony for Ben Platt's Revival of Parade. Wow. So some, I mean, you have, you've had some some pretty prestigious guests on this show then. Yes. I'm so grateful for that. And it's all about reaching out mm. and that's one part, but however, I do want to give, there are some amazing publicists that I've worked on both coasts. That mm -hmm. I've interviewed and got to develop a relationship. Some of them I've known for five years. Another one of my friends, I got a big shout out her Beatrice Kimmel. I've known her for a decade <laughs> and it's a powerful building of those relationships. Um, and what's the one thing that you enjoy the most about hosting a podcast just for people out there that maybe thought about starting one or. I truly enjoy working with the people and talking to them and coming up with questions and like sending me asks is a thrill because I've sent up, I was one of, I, this year alone, I try one of my mentors reached out to me and said, Hey, you should try getting an IDM B page and go pro. So that way it will help you get the guests that you want. And it's, and I've sent out at least six emails using that. Really? Yeah. So it's a thrill, mm. but also the conversation. Mm. Like I definitely like hearing some of these incredible stories. Like I got to give a shout out to my friend, Dan Walsh. He's a former Marine. He came on the podcast. I met him through, through a uh, challenge mania lives standup show in Kansas city. And he, mm -hmm. we talked for an hour and he shared his incredible story 
from how he got start worked in Marines to going on to reality television and being on the challenge and starting seeing that comedian world. It's a pitch. I love hearing stories like that. That's cool. And is there anything, uh, obviously you're in the pop culture world. So is there like favorite shows that you watch or is there any good or TV, uh, shows or movies that are out right now that, that you enjoy watching? Currently I am getting ready for AGT fantasy league. And basically it's America's got talent meets Mm -hmm. the X factor and the voice. Because for the first time ever, the judges, which are Simon Cowell, Howie Mandel, Heidi Klum, and returning judge Mel B, they're picking acts from all across the Got Talent universe and building their own fantasy league team. So basically, like the coach is, is on the voice, and they can mentor them like voice and also X Factor, which is also Simon's shows. And it's a phenomenal competition. And they use the golden buzzer for this is the, the kicker, and I'm very excited about this. If they love an act, so much, not their, not just their own, but they can also steal somebody else's act as well. Wait, hold on, start over. So they could steal someone else's act? Yes, that is the kick code. They can use the golden buzzer to steal an act for their own team. So I'm familiar with the gold buzzer, but I must admit, I, I do not watch X Factor America. I don't watch any of that, unfortunately. I, I, I did in the past, but, you know, life gets crazy and there's only so many shows you can watch so walk me through because i know the gold buzzer part so how does the fantasy thing set in is it like fantasy football where it's something it's that the fans are fantasy. doing exactly exactly mm. fantasy football but america but got talent style so i would wow. say the, instead of like a patrick mahomes and travis kelsey Right. You have an act like the Unbeatable, who was a finalist on America's Got Talent season 14 and won America's Got Talent the champion season two, Whoa. and how we picked them. Then you also have this incredible Australian performer, his name is Hans, that Heidi Klum picked. So they battle it out. And if Howie loved Hans, he could use a golden buzzer to steal it from Heidi. Now, this is not; these are not spoilers. These are just basically hypotheticals. Right. Wow. It's crazy it's gotten to that point because, I mean, how many seasons are that? It's got to be like 20, right? I got to say, this is their 19th season. America's upcoming summer season is season 19. I started, they started back when I was a senior in high school, summer of my senior year of high school. And I've yep. been a super fan ever since, and I've been covering since the Howard Stern era, so 2012. This is my, this will be my 12th year covering it. Wow. And this is a and this is, I think, their fifth spinoff. Fifth spinoff. Oh, because there's like multiple countries yes, and things like seasons, that. Yes, uh, Well, actually, in America's Got Talent, there's oh. just this is their this is their fifth spinoff because in the past they did Champions, which is all star seasons, but like they had people compete. This is the same format: people from all around the world coming to compete. Mm. And then they did that was from 2019, 2020. Then for 2022, they did an extreme version, which is basically all your daredevils and stunt, dangerous stunts. That was 2022. Yeah. 2023 was a all-stars format. So 20 this year, 2024, is basically fantasy. So this is five hmm. spinoffs in the past six years. Wow. Fascinating. A lot of money still on TV, huh? Absolutely. And I got to say, I love AGT. I also love The Mass Singer. Yeah, I, I saw a couple clips on that. That looks pretty. That looks pretty good. 
Yeah, it's I've been following that show since it aired on Fox in 2019. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, so it is I love the guessing game because the thing is you don't know who's I have known some of the people that are un, under the costumes and but sometimes I don't. For mm. instance, I there was a character in a donut costume that nearly won the show. And I thought it was Sir Tom Jones the entire time. Now, Sir Tom Jones is a legend in the UK music mm -hmm. world and was on one of the founding coaches of The Voice UK. Mm. But however, turned out it was Dukes of Hazzard star John Schneider. Hmm. Interesting pick. Was the yeah, was the so, crowd was the crowd aware of that? Like was there cheers? Yeah, the, the, here's the thing. They don't know who the, the the crowd does not know who's under the costume until they need until they're eliminated. Oh, until they okay. Until they reveal who it is. Hmm. There's been some surprises. Like, for example, in the original US season, there was a guy in this monster costume, which was basically a hybrid of Mike and Sully from Monsters Inc. Nice. And he sang so wonderfully. And no, I nobody knew who it was. And then he won the competition and it was T Pain. T Pain? Yes, T Pain. Wow. Without, he's not used the entire competition without his auto tune. He had a wonderful voice. He actually one of the show's best moments was he when he sang Stay With Me, you know, Sam Smith's version. Right. Got goosebumps. I'm just getting goosebumps just thinking about that epic performance. And wow. he showcased his real voice. That's crazy. You would think T Pain could only sing in auto tunes. I wonder why he doesn't, you know, blessed us with his uh with his vocals. Oh, he does actually. I was actually, in addition to recovering reality TV, I also do a new music review, and I just reviewed T Pain's cover album, and it, I gave it a minus. He's a wonderful vocalist. Hmm. What album was that? Was that a new one? Um, it was. Um, it was a cover album, and I don't remember the title exactly, but live. It was basically a cover. It was a cover album live from Sunroom in Los Angeles. Hmm. So maybe just the auto tunes are the ones that just pop off, I guess. Absolutely, but he has a mm. wonderful voice, and he is a surprise. And it's like speaking of voices, I also cover special events, for example, like the Kennedy Center Honors. And recently, Cynthia Erivo blew the house down with Dion, a cover of Dionne Warwick's "Alfie." Alfie, I'm not familiar. It's like a like it's a new it's a classic standard, but it's like. I don't want it to get you copyrighted on Google, but like if you guys after this interview go and and Google Kenny Center on Cynthia Rebo, and it's a one of the best performances of the decade. Fascinating. And do you have uh like in terms of a show? Is that like your favorite show? America's Got the Talent. Kenny Center Honors is my favorite special because it honors pop culture through through the history of pop culture and American culture. So I love covering the show. I love seeing who gets honored. Oh, the past couple seasons have been very epic because over the years, they all were honored in this decade alone. Debbie Allen, Dick Van Dyke, um, George Clooney, Gladys Knight, YouTube. And this one, and just recently, Dionne Warwick, uh, Renee Fleming, Barry Gibb. Mm. Some uh, greats. Renee, yeah, some real Billy Crystal, some Classic. incredible people who made an impact in American culture. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's amazing how much TV, movies, uh, really shape 
our culture as a society. The one thing that I, I find the most fascinating is, you know, whether it's a clothing line, um, a song, you know, anything that really hits that pops, it could literally shift millions of people and change and the trajectory of a lot of different things in our culture. It's fascinating. I definitely agree. So, but we cannot, and also I want to add theater as well. Like, look what Rent did. Look what the Lion King effect has done. And not to mention Wicked and Hamilton. You said what? Sorry? Theater. Don't. Oh, theater. Oh, yeah, theater, for sure. Because theater can also, those four examples, like I know Lion King, Lion King started off from animation, but what's one of the greatest musicals of all time. Yeah. Or and Hamilton, not to mention the, another great one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Little, the power of like, for example, that one went from off Broadway to on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird too. Yeah, and I think that's a lost, I mean, I don't want to say lost art because obviously it's it's still very popular, but not as popular as maybe it was back in the day, right? Prior to movies and yeah, TV. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, absolutely. Uh, I think what was, what was interesting about Hamilton that I think they should do more, and I think Wicked did as well, is, you know, televising it slash recording it and then putting it out on streaming services because I know Hamilton, I think, was on Netflix or HBO Max or one of those it two. It was actually on Disney Plus. Or Disney Plus, thank you. So that that's kind of cool because then you could appreciate, of course, it's not as good as, as seeing it live, I'm sure. But Hamilton, those are pricey tickets. So, and not to mention the original cast, too. So you got to see Lin-Manuel Miranda. You right. got to see Debbie Diggs. You got to see Leslie, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. So you wouldn't be able to see that unless you go up to New York and, you know, and see a lot. And if they do a reunion show, and by the way, those tickets are probably at least starting at a thousand dollars. That's crazy. That is one good thing about. Uh, see, I've only been to a couple shows, but that is one good thing about theater is there's usually not a bad seat in the house. You know, like you go watch Justin Timberlake live at the, you know, whatever stadium. There's seventy thousand people. You get nosebleed seats. It's expensive, and it's not that good of a show. Right. But like you go to the theater, it's intimate. It's a little bit more pricey. There's only, you know, whatever, a thousand people or a few hundred people, depending on what theater it is. And it's it feels like everyone has the same seat, even though it's not like that. But it just feels more intimate theater versus going to like a stadium show with a celebrity. You know, I totally agree because I can give you two examples of that, which are two unique perspectives. Like, for example, I back in 2000. 22, when I returned to New York City for a visit, I saw MJ the Musical at Neil Simon mm -hmm. Theater, and it was epic because I it was bet. like a jukebox with Michael Jackson, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. And I said on my social, run, don't walk with that show. Totally. It was an epic experience, and I got to see Miles Frost, who actually won the Tony that year for his role as the King of Pop, portrayal mm -hmm. of the King of Pop. And then Last and in a re, in 20, 2023, I did have the opportunity to see Ed Sheeran. However, this opportunity was free tickets on the floor, so it was a once in a lifetime experience on the floor of Airhead Stadium. And yes, it was great. Those experiences were phenomenal, and I was so entrapped by those, like enchanted by those two experiences. Yeah, the more and more we realized the art form of whether that's you know music, theater. Uh, acting, so on and so forth. It seems like people, I don't know what it is. I don't know if maybe the pandemic hurt this or not, but it seems people are more more lazy when it comes to appreciating good art and good theater and 
you know, even good TV, you know, there's a couple of people that I talk to where there's some great shows that I'll watch and I'll refer and I'll say, you know, hey, uh, it, I'm on episode three. And they're like, yeah, I couldn't make it past episode one. I'm like, what? Just what do you do? What else do you have? Just wash it and it gets better. But you can't. The fact that, you know, people try to get entertained the first two minutes and they're not. So they turn it off. It's like you're not even appreciating the art form of what this director put in, what this artist put in, so on and so forth. Another good example is what Scorsese does, which I'm a big fan of. But, you know, he just came out with um, uh, the new one, uh, Leo, what is it, Flowers of the Mm -hmm. something moon or something? Flowers of the Killer Moon, I believe. Thank you. Um, And I've seen all of his movies except that one. Unfortunately, it's three and a half hours long, and it's hard to convince my wife to watch it, even though it's streaming right now on Apple+. Plus. But it's like... No, me, I would sit down and watch it, but there's a lot of people like my wife that's like three and a half hours. What are we going to do with that? And I'm like, you watch the cinema, you put some surround sound on it and, you know, put yourself in the moment. No, no, no. I'd rather just watch, you know, Parks and Rec. And I'm like, oh, geez, all right. I got to say this. I got to say this, Tony. Um, while we're on the subject of Scorsese, I just finished Pretend It's a City with Rand Leibovitz, and it was amazing. That yeah. 2021 version, and yeah. but also with the with recommendations, like for example, I recommend to my folks The Diplomat with Carrie Russell, and oh my god, mm. it's like West Wing for our for this decade because of its sharp commentary and dialogue. It was absolute, probably one of my favorite original series of this decade so far. But the thing okay. is, you need to be you need to transport be transported to United Kingdom. You need mm. with with um, with Diplomat. You need to be transported to New York City. With Fran Leibovitz, and as a New Yorker who was lived there for four for four years, she did a. Th- I was like saying, "Hey, I know that area. I know that area. I walked there on time. I live by that area." Yeah. Like the thing is, you need to have precious moments, and yeah. like a lot of people are like, I think the pandemic, for better or for worse, said wait and made people reevaluate us our times, and like yeah. you could use that with you could do that with a wonderful. You could use that time wisely. Like I rather. Like, yeah, there are times on my schedule I'm like, okay, Saturday is my binge night. That's cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I never thought about that as creating like a, a night to binge. Yeah, we normally don't even, especially with the newborn, obviously we haven't had a lot of time to watch shows or movies, but um, unless it's like Miss Rachel or some crap on YouTube that we watch for uh, for the infant. But we used to kind of have like date nights um, at the house, and that was fun where we would, I have like this old school popcorn machine and I have a a movie theater room where we have like lights in the back of the TV and, you know, there's like uh, old school movie posters all over the place. And we kind of like we kept that omniance going. But even still, I think the last three hour movie I watched might have been another Scorsese flick. Um, Maybe it was The Irishman was the last long movie that I watched at home. And I watched it all the way through just because I love his storytelling. And there's a lot of great directors out there as well, like Zack Snyder. I also enjoy but just that storytelling and the visual aspect of everything, it's its something to be awed at for sure. And I think if you don't appreciate, you know, uh, film or that art form, that's okay. But it, it, there is something quite beautiful in it, and I feel like it is getting lost. Um, and I think I, I kind of see this happening as it did with theater, you know, because theater, people would go and watch the opera. Or they would go and watch, you know, an orchestra or they would just sit and just... <gasps> And just be amazed by human beings doing things. But I, the cell phone definitely has not helped things. 
because I even find myself sometimes like watching these long movies and even though there's no commercials in them, if there's like a 30 second boring spot, immediately I'm like, where's my phone? Just so I could, you know, whip out. So that's definitely not helping the situation at all. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. It's especially like with like the lot with the last time I remember completely going to a theater for a three hour show it was probably Avengers Endgame way back in 2019. Yeah, like that's the longest time I remember having the patience to do to do that. And unfortunately, my phone is like I'm not able to make it through like like rest. For example, I saw Wrestlers, the documentary that focused on the Ohio Valley League wrestling. It was yep. really great and phenomenal. I hear that. And good. The, yeah. it's fabulous. You need to watch it. Yeah. And like during with am with Netflix, because I rather save some money, I have the ads. And like during those ad breaks, during the commercials, I take off my phone and scan yeah. and then go back into it. But like the yeah. thing is, at least I am I still have that opportunity to be immersed in that world and be mm-hmm. fascinated mm-hmm. by that. Because yeah. and like not say, hey, wait a minute, there's a screen here, there's a show we're watching, <laughs> yeah. you have it on, don't let, you can go and listen to your phone later, unless Elton yeah. John is calling you, go back <laughs> and watch this thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so weird how we, <laughs> we choose, we consciously choose, maybe, maybe not consciously, but we consciously choose a smaller screen versus a bigger screen. Like I, I caught myself the other day when I was looking at my phone randomly during a commercial break. I think we were watching like Modern Family or something, which is still by far one of my favorite uh, TV shows of all time. And, you know, we have it, I think it's on Hulu and there's like a 30 second break. So I grab my phone, I look at it and I'm like, you know, even though this commercial is boring, it's a 90 inch 4K TV. And I'm choosing to grab <laughs> this little six, eight inch, whatever, uh, cell phone. And it's not even like the best thing. I don't even know what's on there. It's a surprise. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's the fact of not knowing what it is. You know, that could be it as well, where it's like TikTok's a great example because it's vertical. So it's easily swipeable. You're just doing this the whole time. So that's kind of satisfying, but also like, you don't know what is in that next swipe. Like it could be a family doing a prank on each other, or it could be a funny dog video, or it could be, it's a surprise every time. And I think maybe that's a little bit of the uh, the exciting aspect, I don't know. Yeah, I think with TikTok right now, and I have it on my phone, but I only go on to it once a day because I probably or twice, once or twice a day. And the thing is, I turn off all my notifications for Instagram. I turn off all my notifications to TikTok and for Twitter mm-hmm. and YouTube because the thing is, I get distracted very easily, and yeah. I rather if it's like an emergency news, like breaking news that said like Lady Gaga is going to go on tour or something or like something in fact or the next Kennedy Center honors or yeah. or some kind of news related to Got Tal universe or something like that or even the mm-hmm. new comic book news. I'd rather turn my things off because I I'm either A working on a podcast, record or recording a podcast, C B work B working on a project for myself. C, looking for jobs. D, look, trying to see if I can talk with my family or my friends. And that's basically it. I don't need to, or E, I'm working out. I don't need to be distracted by it. That's right. Yeah, we have so many other things that distract us. We just got to, we got to try to focus on certain things. You know, it's and like, like the thing is, Tony, I'd rather take on my work, do my work, non-podcasting work at a coffee shop. 
because it's easy because number True. one you can people watch you're never going to be who's going to, who's going to be there like i ran into some old friends i ran into someone that an acquaintance of mine that has had reality tv experience but at the That's same cool. time you could also build a relationship with the baristas and like something like that like i i because it gets you i get a lot more of my work done at either coffee coffee shops than i do at my house yeah well that means you have to talk to people jacob that's crazy <laughs> crazy <laughs> yeah. i'd rather have small talk and strength because the thing is right now all of us live in a digital world and right. we need to have have those small moments where we can have those human to human interactions and i right. and i value them yeah so truer words have never been said jacob and unfortunately we're almost at i'm, I'm sorry to cut you but we're almost at 30 minutes. I can't believe time fly so quick in this thing. Um, I know, I know. It's so, like, I had a great time chatting with you, Tony. No, this was, this was great, man. And we'll definitely do, we'll definitely do this again. I can't wait to, to hop on your show. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be very different because with our styles, but like, I had yeah. such a great time chatting with you, Tony. And I yeah, cannot no, wait this was for you to be a part of my fifth anniversary season. I will be absolutely honored. I'm so stoked. Uh, but if you can give the audience one more shout out of where they could find your great podcast and, uh, you know, some things that you got going on. Okay, guys, it's the Jake's Take with Jacob Elisha podcast. It's it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Spreaker. It's Amazon Music and Audible. Jake's Ooh. Take with Jacob Elishar, J-A-C-O-B-E-L-Y-A-C-H-A-R. Now, are you on social media? Because I'm on social media, too. Facebook, Instagram, Threads, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Jacob Elishar, J-A-C-O-B-E-L-Y-A-C-H-A-R. And don't forget the blog that started it all, jakes-take.com. Once again, jakes-take.com. Well done. Jacob. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. Nah, this was a blast, man. And enjoy the rest of your day. Have a phenomenal weekend, and we will talk soon, my friend. All right. Talk to you soon. Have a great one.